Today, my guest is Dr. Katie Henry, and we will be discussing topics like learning to trust your intuition, how to bring more joy into your life, and tools to activate your potential. Dr. Katie earned her PhD of physical therapy from Duke University and is an expert in mindset, neuroscience, and conscious business, as well as an author and speaker. She's a certified holistic health coach and certified brain health practitioner. She's worked at a top U.S. rehab hospital, owned her own private practice as a pediatric physical therapist, taught as an adjunct professor at Northwestern University, and run multiple businesses within holistic health and affiliate marketing. In addition to her formal education, she became a teacher of yoga, meditation, and Reiki, and a practitioner of many spiritual and energetic modalities. Dr. Katie believes life is full of lessons that build character and faith. Her vision is to transform healthcare and help people achieve true wellness in their lives. She believes that by taking radical responsibility and aligned action, we get to activate the potential that lives within us. When she's not changing lives, you can find Katie jamming to music, attending Soul Cycle or yoga class, wandering through nature, journaling, reading, and daydreaming of her next adventure. Dr. Katie's enthusiasm for life and its potential is infectious. She's motivated and inspiring, but most importantly, she's real. I'm certain today is going to be jam-packed with useful and impactful tidbits. You won't want to miss this. So grab a cup of something delicious and join us as we follow the nudge, because you never know where it may lead. Wonderful. Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Kia Eileen with The Nudge. Today I have with me Dr. Katie Henry. Katie's amazing. Um, as you heard in the bio, she has an incredible wealth of knowledge, um, both with Western medicine as well as Eastern-based uh, spirituality and um, various practices. And so Katie is just, I know this is going to be a wonderful, wonderful conversation today. Um, and Katie, it's such a pleasure to have you, to have you with me. Welcome. Thank you, Kia. I'm so excited for what we're going to dive into today. I know it's going to be good. So am I. I'm really excited. Um, and so um, you will know that I like to start with three deep breaths to kind of just bring everyone into this, into the same space. So if you're listening at home or in your car, um, I invite you to have, excuse me, three really deep breaths with us. So um, wherever you are, just finding yourself in a very comfortable position, maybe with your feet on the floor, wherever you are, just getting comfortable, feeling your sitting bones underneath you. And then let's just start by taking a deep, deep breath in. And then release. A really deep, deep breath in all the way into the bottom of your belly. And then release. And one more deep, deep breath in, the deepest one you've had all day. 
and then release. Just feel yourself just relaxing with each breath even more as we welcome ourselves back to the space and ourselves back into our bodies and welcome. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, Katie, it's such a pleasure to see you. Um, Katie and I have been trying to get ourselves together to do this for quite a while. So I'm super excited for this today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so Katie, as I mentioned in, in the bio, you have your, your PhD in, in physical therapy, and you just have this real wealth of knowledge, especially around um, you know, Western medicine. And I'm quite intrigued um, with how you came to spirituality, you know, with this real science base. Um, were you always interested in spirituality or did it come to you sort of later in life? Well, it's interesting because where it began was more from a religious, like faith-based mm. um, upbringing. I grew up Catholic. I went to Catholic school for 12 years and um, went to a Jesuit university for um, college. And then in graduate school, so I always have had faith um, and, and a belief in something higher than myself. And what I call things now is, you know, a spiritual practice of my own understanding. And it's a fusion of God, spirit, source, universe, energy, a lot of that. Um, but I've always had that in me. Um, but when I went to grad school to get my doctorate, uh, it was hard. <laughs> and mm. I noticed a lot of things in my body and I have a good understanding of my body, but there was this anxiety and overwhelm and a lot of energy. And, you know, as I dove deeper into spirituality, things started to be put together. Um, but I started into the spiritual type world by uh, studying meditation and yoga. Mm -hmm. And so I did that while I was in grad school to honestly, to be able to function, to get through uh, this space of a lot of information, knowledge, learning, overwhelm, a very, I mean, I went to Duke and it's a very competitive space. And so I had to find some space of stillness for myself, right. but that also opened me up to a whole new world and perspective. And from there, it was just a, a search for, for knowledge and not um, seeking the answer. And what it, it started for me to understand is that we have a lot more within us than we realize. And so I went, <clears throat> that was kind of the first level. And then after I had worked for a while, um, I kind of had this space of overachiever, go get her, go, 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 go. And I found myself kind of in a similar pattern as I was in grad school. And um, I literally, I remember like dropping to my knees and being like, help, like there has to be something else. What do I do? And that's where I dove more into um, spirituality. I took, I remember I went to a, a program with Gabby Bernstein, um, the spirit junkie masterclass, which was kind of this fundamental space, but what it did is it connected me with other people mm. that this was their norm. And then that opened me into energy work, EFT, uh, you know, spiritual healing. And, and it's just been a snowball since then. And I've studied and learned <laughs> a plethora of things, but that was like a deeper layer of awakening. And, um, you know, it's, it's grown from there, but what it has done for me was realize like I could always sense things with my hands. And now I was like, Oh, that's actually me being able to sense and move energy. And when I was little, I was, it's so crazy saying this out loud. Now I'm totally, it's totally normal, but I was like 
astral projecting and being in different spaces. And, and I could feel myself move. And I, you know, a few years ago, I would be like, you are crazy. What are you talking about? But now I have an understanding of it. And it really is because we are multifaceted beings. And uh, the reason I fuse the two worlds together is because it's not just one or the other. There's so much beauty in the, in the foundation of, of traditional medicine and, and what shows up in our physical body in that way. But then to deny some of the energy side and the spiritual side, it's just to deny the, the humanness, but the beings that we are. And so, you know, it was kind of a space where I was like, I have to have this deeper understanding to actually be able to serve in the way that I meant to, but also to, to be honest, it was to have a deeper understanding of myself and how I navigated through this world. So it has been an evolution and continues to be one, you know? Yeah. And I find that really interesting, you know, kind of, you know, having that door open, you know, opened, you know, by saying like, you know, going to a workshop or something like that, like Gabby Bernstein or something, and then kind of going, wow, there's this whole other world over there. And then once you get like one toe in that door, then there's like, wow, okay. And then you just kind of, like you said, it's a snowball that just keeps going. Um, and it's interesting that you talked about a fusion that it, it can't be one thing or the other. And, and I was going to ask you about that if, you know, if the Western side was ever at odds with, you know, the Eastern things that you were discovering and, and really kind of sinking into or ever at odds with kind of your Western learning or the Western understanding, um, if that kind of ever sort of kind of came together. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And there was so much to be honest, like fear within myself of actually owning the fact that I was doing more, um, especially the, the channeling and like the more kind of psychic type things that I honestly have had my whole life. And I just didn't own. Um, but I was like, if I talk about this publicly, are people going to think I'm crazy? Are they going to say I'm a quack and discredit all of the, the knowledge and education and understanding that I have, if I say, well, this, this part of me exists and, and I have the ability to connect to uh, a, an energy and a source and a being that's beyond myself. And I believe that everyone else does too. There was so much internal battle. And even when I said it, um, ex like my family were like, that's crazy, Katie. That's actually what, what are you doing? And there was a space where I pivoted my career and my business. I had my own private practice as a therapist. And, um, I was like, if I deny this spiritual work and this side of me, I'm denying the essence of who I am. So I have to pivot my career. I like closed my practice, moved into the coaching space and the spiritual work. And, and I actually took a pause from the traditional medicine and traditional healing work that I was doing to really infuse this. And now I, I, I do both, but people were like, wait, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But it was like, I, I knew I had to, and I knew that to do the true work I was meant to do in the world, I, I had to fuse both. But there was, I mean, honestly, on every single level, there was this, how can it be? And I think it's also, I had a lot of people that just couldn't understand um, some of the spiritual side. And so for me, it's been very important to actually weave in the tangible and the science and the, and the more Western medicine, if you will, to the more spiritual side and say, no, actually this is happening in like your pineal gland. And this is what's happening neurologically. And this is what hormones get released in different types of medicine or energy work. And actually we're working on meridian points that are in our body. And there's 
Chinese medicine has been around. I mean, I'm not an expert in it, but I, I know pieces of it that this has been practiced for years and thousands. How can we deny this? You know, yeah. and it's actually been the foundation of the more Western practices. So it's, it's something that, um, I'm, I'm very firm in, and I think it's very important to have an understanding of both, but in a respect for both. Mm. But I've also learned that it's not my job to convince people. I'm here to open up the conversation, but in the beginning I was like, no, but you have to understand this. And certain people just won't see it in that way. And, and I, you know, we have to be okay with that. Cause I think that that applies to so many areas of life, you know? I think that's so important. I think that's so important. And I know for myself and, and, and many other sort of healers and therapists that I speak with, especially if they have more traditional sort of backgrounds. Um, I know I had it in my family and things like that. People just go, what, like you said, what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I love that um, you just knew there was something in you that knew that you had to have this kind of pivot. I call them cosmic pivots. Um, you had to have this this pivot where you were shutting down quite a mainstream practice. What did that feel like for you when you just knew I have to do this? What, you know, did, was there a certain feeling or an understanding? What, what, how can you communicate that? So I think it was actually, actually truly listening to my intuition, which I had been denying for years, but I had these little inklings. Like I was working at a rehab hospital and I always got results in a different way with the people I worked with. And the, the biggest way I could describe it, it's truly like I got to witness miracles where people were, it wasn't just the physical work we were doing with them or the medicine, like there was something else working. And so it was like those little seeds were being planted in me that I could see, well, this, there was no chance of this person ever recovering in any way. And they like walked across their graduation state, you know? And so there were those little pieces that I was seeing and it started, the evidence kind of started to grow. Uh, but it wasn't the thing that really clicked for me was I was doing all of the things to be healthy and to be well. And I wasn't, you know, I was eating the right food. I was exercising. I was, thinking positively and all that kind of stuff. And my, my body shut down. I got really sick. Mm. Um, I had a, I had, you know, adrenal fatigue, but also like collapsing at work, like all of these physical symptoms where my body was like, you need to look at something else. Hello. Um, and that's when more of the spiritual and faith side of things really came forth. And so it was the combination of the little planted seeds, but literally I call it a slap from the universe. Like, hello, hello, Katie, pay attention now. Cause I think we all have, we have these moments where it's like, okay, like let's look, let's take a bigger picture here. And so I had that. And then I had it again because I wasn't really paying attention. Uh, and that's when I was like, there's something here. And I really need to start to trust myself mm. and trust this, this, it's so interesting that the nudge, you know, that pull. Um, and so, and I think that if we think about it, so, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, Kian, a lot of the people listening is we get these little nudges, we get these intuitive hits and we don't listen to them because we're like, Oh, that doesn't make sense. That's crazy. But there's a time where it's like, you can't not listen. Yeah. And so it, it was a space where I was like, you know what? 
maybe I can look at this from a different perspective and let's see what happens. And when I started to, to integrate more of the, the spiritual work and the practices and like truly trusting my intuition, things started to fall into place more. And I was like, okay, there's something here. And then what's been beautiful is that it's been a continual listening to that nudge Mm -hmm. and then releasing my ego, my judgment and, and all of that to say, actually, this is actually pretty spot on, like keep listening to that and just be open to the miracles that can happen when you actually trust the nudge and the intuitive pull that's always been there for all of us. I think that's so important. I think you've hit the nail on the head as well, that we all have these signs. You know, I I believe that the universe, God source, whatever you want to call it, is always communicating with us. But a lot of times we're just not listening or we're not paying attention or we're discounting the information that we're getting. And I think the signs get louder and louder and louder until we do get those slaps around the face or it's like, I said, listen, and then you go, oh, okay, okay, I guess I should listen then. And then you're right. It feels like everything kind of falls into place. Um, what did you do to sort of develop the trust in your intuition? I know, um, you know, clients or people quite often ask me, well, I get intuition, but I don't know how I can trust it. What are you? What did you do to sort of really kind of sink into trusting what you were getting, the information that you were getting? Yeah, and this is something that comes up for me a lot with people. So I think, thank you for asking this question. <laughs> uh, it is a it's a practice. So I like to say it's it's just like building a muscle in your physical body. Like you're going to have to break down beliefs and patterns and programs that do not work and do not serve you. And then you're going to build it up. And it's, it's this little space of trust, little space of trust, little space of trust until you can strengthen it. So for me, it, I was a person and I, I, there, this still shows up before I go into this. I think one thing to know is being on this path or being on a space of growth and a spiritual journey is a continual path. I mean, Kia, you and I were talking about how this year has been, it's been so much, but it's also been so beautiful because you get to grow daily, you know? And so knowing this, this, this is a thing I practice every day is how to trust myself more, how to trust these, these intuitive nudges more. Mm. It's not something that ever ends. And it's not a, Oh my gosh, it's this. No, it's just like, okay, this is life. Let's go. Let's keep growing. You know? Um, and I think it's a perspective shift that I had to make myself. Um, and also understand that I can't build this trust muscle overnight. It's going to be a practice. And so for me, it was a space of truly breaking down patterns of, and and doing some healing work because I, I couldn't trust myself. I couldn't trust other people. Um, when I actually got real with myself, it was like, wow, I don't really trust people. I try to control everything and I try to do all of it. And so it was kind of two layers, uh, changing the patterns. Um, letting go of the reins a little bit and letting go of control and, and believing that, okay, if I don't have to do everything and all the time, and I can start to trust people, I can trust God, I can trust the universe. I can trust my friends, my family, you know, and then understanding that if it doesn't work out perfectly, exactly as planned, that's also okay. 
And then I can learn from that. Um, but I also started really simple. Um, like I would go to a restaurant and look at the menu. And the first thing I would be like, Ooh, that looks good. I would just order that. Whereas before I'd be like, well, maybe I should do this or this or this or this. So it was like little things like that. And people are like, really? I'm like, no, it can, it's strengthening that muscle. So it's, you get this little intuition and this nudge, and then you just trust that and you do it. And then you see what happens, but you have to have this open-minded space of like, let's just see what happens. I, I like to compare it to being a child again. If you look at a kid, this wonder, this curiosity, this awe, kids are very intuitive. And this is why there's something that is in us always. And for me, this was beautiful because my traditional work and my practice was pediatrics. And so I was like, wait a second, this is a way that I can bring this all together because I've been working with children my whole you know, professional career. And actually children are kind of this gateway to this spiritual world because it's the, the purity that we come into this space with. So what if we can just be more childlike in our exploration of the world and be curious and be open and just say, let's see what happens. But they also trust those nudges all the time. They just go for it. They just go for it. And so you know, that's something that was helpful for me. And that I've talked to a lot of people about is we'll look at a child and, and what if we approach things through that childlike curiosity and openness, and then that helps to strengthen that space of trust, but it's definitely a journey. I love that. I love that. Well, you know, just I, what, you, what you said there, you know, doing the little things, little daily practices that can strengthen what is basically a muscle. You know, you'd never kind of go into the gym and lift the heaviest muscle, the heaviest weights there. You'd go and you'd do a little bit of training before that each, each day to kind of get stronger and stronger. And I love the idea of doing something, a daily practice to help you strengthen your trust muscle every day even going into restaurants and, and I'm sort of, I'm sort of one that's kind of, Oh, I want, do I want that? Or do I want that? Um, and then asking the waiter, you know, should I have this or should I have that? And I love that just going in and picking that one. What's the first thing? What's the first thing? So I'm going to try that. What's the first thing that I can say, right. I'm having that one. Um, but also the aspect of getting back to that childlike innocence and sense of exploration, and then just trusting and going for it. Um, I love that. I think, you know, in our world, in our environment, we've become risk averse. Um, you know, we don't want the shame or the embarrassment of, of failure or falling down or falling on our faces, or, you know, everything is so visual now with social media that if we make a mistake, it can really kind of be put on, on a platform for a lot of people to see. And I love the idea of being able to just take a step back. And say, you know, I'm going to approach this, approach this with childlike innocence, and let's just see what happens. Um, I think I think we can all take a little bit of a lesson from that from children in that way. Yeah. So thank you for reflecting that. Um, so we in the beginning in your intro. So I know I've, I've told the listeners that you know you have a PhD in physical therapy, you're a holistic health coach, but I'm also very intrigued. I was very intrigued by brain health coach. Mm -hmm. brain health coach. So what does a brain health coach do? Yeah. So I got that. So my area of expertise in physical therapy is, is the brain neurological mm -hmm. development, um, neurological rehab and developmental work. Um, and so <laughs> this is just how I am, but I was like, Oh, I want to understand the brain more. Oh, there's this certification and training I can do. Um, that's from Dr. Daniel Amen, who has done a ton of work in the brain in, uh, 
doing it from a more holistic perspective. So it's looking at supplements, it's looking at behaviors, it's looking at all those kinds of patterns. And so, uh, that is really for me taking my the fusion of my different passions. And so it's looking at the brain from a non-traditional medicine approach of, oh, this is going on in your brain. Let's give you this drug and change it. Um, and this is from treating like a variety of things, a, a lot of different like psychiatrists or some mental health conditions and things along those lines. What are behavior changes that you can make? What are supplements that can support your brain and neurological function? And, um, and then for me, I view it as actually what we were just talking about of strengthening the intuitive muscle. Mm-hmm. That's not only is it strengthening that like intuitive muscle, but it's also strengthening the neurological connection of our, our brain to our behavior and rewiring that pattern to have our body understand and actually open up a positive feedback loop. Oh, when I do this, this feels good. Then it causes a cascade of neurological chemicals in our brain, like serotonin, which is one of our serotonin and dopamine, which is our two hormones that are like, Ooh, yes, I like this. Let's do this more. (laughs) And so, so that is, I decided to do that to actually do what I was talking about before, which is take the science and the actual, this is what's going on in our bodies. And there's a bunch of evidence on functional MRIs of when you do these types of things, what's actually being signaled in your brain Mm -hmm. uh, and how you can rewire the brain patterns. But to say that there's, and there's so much on, especially on meditation of, of the benefits of that neurologically and in our brains and, and all of that kind of stuff. But what about some of these other things like these mindset practices and journaling and affirmations and, um, you know, positive thinking and all that, how does that work in our brain? And so the, the reason I love this kind of stuff is you can actually take the tangible science and see what happens on a hormonal level, on a neural pathway level, on a neural firing level of what parts of your brain are actually being activated while you're doing some of these different spiritual practices so that you can actually bring the tangible science into the, the spiritual, which some people, they don't understand, um, how they're like, they're like, but how, but how I don't get it, but how, you know, um, like I've, I'm trained in Reiki and I'm like, Oh, we were actually talking about this before. You can do distant energy work, but people are like, but how does that even work? I was actually <laughs> explaining that to my fiance. He's like, but how <laughs> I'm like, well, this is what happens. And this is actually what's going on in your body because we're just waves. We're just molecules that are functioning. And I'm like, you don't ask how the internet works. You don't ask how your phone works there. It's the same thing. It's frequency. It's sound waves. It's light waves. It's, it's a vibration. And he was like, Oh, I guess that makes sense. So for me, it's like being able to actually bring science into the spiritual. And it's, it's a little different than just the the quantum physics, Mm. which is all about frequency and vibration and, and being the molecules, but to actually say this is happening, but also this is the hormones that are going off in our bodies. This is the brain areas that are being activated. And you're getting all of this on the, the quantum physics, energy vibration level. And it's, if you guys are like, I get it. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it's also so fascinating to see how it truly does work together. And that's why you like, that's why I was like, you have to look at both sides of the puzzle and see how interconnected it is. Because if you're looking at the brain from a, a growth and a development and a learning standpoint, you have to connect 
the different sides of the brain, the different areas of the brain, the different areas of the body to actually learn and to grow and to develop. The, like the right and left sides of the brain need to talk to each other in order to learn and remember something and then to communicate it. They're on opposite sides of the brain. Right. So the more that we can activate all of these areas and, and do it in different ways, it gets into what I'm a firm believer in is just activating more of our potential as human beings. Like we are only tapping into 10 to 15% of what's possible for our, our, our brain itself. Mm. Um, and so integrating all these different practices actually helps us to be more of what we're meant to be in this world. And so I just, it, it's so fascinating to think of if we could access more of our brain, what would happen, you know? Wow. So that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Um, so if you were looking at meditation, journaling, you know, Reiki, which, which we both love and I love journaling, what are some of your favorite practices? So I like to combine things. Um, I think that we are like vibrational beings. So I will meditate while listening to like frequencies like um, Delta and Theta waves. Mm -hmm. um, I was actually just, I found this really cool app. It's called Beatful. Um, and I was listening to that while I was journaling. Um, and I then was having that being played while I was meditating. But what I have shifted is I used to do mindset work and journaling and meditation and, and it would be this like two hour long process. And then I would talk to clients and be like, okay, so you got to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And then I was like, this is so not realistic for people to be able to do and integrate into their lives. And so what I have done is, um, I try to combine them, but I also try to give myself a little bit of break and say, okay, what can I do in 30 minutes? All right. I can like play these frequencies. Cause I think the vibrational side of things is, is actually the, the most powerful and you can access that in meditation, but you can also use the sound waves to amp it up. So if I can do a 10 minute meditation combined, just like we actually did to start this with some breath work mm. that you're doing three things at the same time and you're opening up your brain. And there's also some really cool, um, breath works that you can do eye position things to open open up and access more parts of your brain and like your pineal gland. Um, but anyway, so I will do a 10 minute meditation and then I'll do a little bit of journaling around, um, you know, and I usually have an intention of what do I need to do? And if I do it after meditation, I'll say, um, I'll do that more from a spiritual perspective of like God's source, you know, what do I need to know today? How can I serve today? Whatever free, write Whatever comes up. And then, um, look, I I've been using this new journal, um, that has, you know, a space of gratitude. I think you got to integrate that, but then like, what are three powerful intentions for the day? So it's just those simple things. Okay. Three things. I'm great. Three to five things I'm grateful for. What are my intentions of the day? Um, journal on something that just get it out of your head, um, and take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes of stillness because, what I have found is I'm such a go, 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 go person. And I think so many of us are that those 10 minutes of stillness can actually give us so many answers that we're seeking. Um, and, and that is a simple, you know, 30 minute practice. Some days, if I have more time, I will do more. Um, but I've been just, Hey, if I could do a little bit, little bit of gratitude, a little bit of intentional work of how I'm showing up my day, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of journaling, the bajillion thoughts are in my head, get them yeah. out on paper. Yeah. Um, that has been a really powerful space for me and something I, I teach and I'm never going to 
talk or make a suggestion that I don't do myself. So that's what I have evolved into doing now. That's really powerful because um, my morning practice takes about an hour and a half and it can take up to two hours from really in, you know, in the space of really journaling, it can take two hours. Um, and so I'm getting up at like five 30 in the morning in order to kind of, you know, start my day off in that way. But I also know that if I don't start my day off with, you know, giving myself that, that centering, that space of stillness, I'm just a little bit off and I can, and I can feel that. And, um, and in order to kind of feel myself in that center space, I, I, I do need to take the time, but I love the idea of condensing that, um, and still having a powerful morning practice, but you know, it, it kind of only taking a half an hour, being able to kind mm-hmm. of really kind of push that into a half an hour. Um, is I mean, really I, powerful. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I definitely have times where I do longer, but I also like need, I need to move my body. I need physical exercise. So what I was finding was like, okay, working out plus that it was like a three hour process. And then I was like, not able to do as much. So I listen to affirmations while I work out or YouTube things. Um, people listen to music. I'm like, I am abundant. I, well, I'm like lifting. I want, if people saw it, like I have an Abraham Hicks thing playing and people are like, what is this lady doing over there? I don't care. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have been in that space too, where I can get lost in journaling and it can be a long period of time. Um, but the, I actually intentionally schedule and grateful to be able to schedule my day. Like I don't have anything before, you know, 9am because I need that time in the morning. I get up early too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, but I was just wanted to say that I've definitely have the time. There are times where, and I think it's important to, there may be times where you need to like spend more time journaling and writing it out and, and clearing things. If a lot's on your mind, yeah. hand pen to paper and like getting it out is just so, so important. Powerful. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea that you can, um, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of condense, you know, um, combining things. I wouldn't have thought of that really. Cause I'm kind of like, okay, well, I've got to do this and then I've got to do that. And then I've got to do this and I've got to do that. So kind of lining them up sort of in a linear fashion, but I like the idea of overlapping things, um, and having that be powerful as well. So I'm definitely going to try that. Um, so thank you for that. Um, so, you know, what I, we've known each other for a few years now. And, you know, what I know about you is you just have this incredible enthusiasm for, for life and living and abundance and, you know, just, you know, just living life to your full potential. Sort of, you know, what kind of fuels you on a daily basis? What gets you going? So there have been you know, thank you for saying that, but I have to be honest with myself. There have been some like really hard times where I'm just like, I don't want to do anything. I want to get out of bed. Um, but what I have, what has fueled me more, uh, especially from a, a work perspective is it's not about me. I am, I'm in a space of being of service to others. And if I don't show up today, I may miss the opportunity to change someone's day and maybe even potentially change someone's life. So mm-hmm it was a perspective flip for me to be like, it's actually selfish to not just show up, you know? Um, and then actually my fiance has the, the best way he starts every single day. Like he wakes up at like 4am happy, smiling and like the best mood, like singing to himself. And he's just like, we are alive today. Like, this is amazing. And I think it, it's funny because if you met him, you'd be like, really, that's how he thinks, but it's true. Um, but it's truly a gift. Like every day is a gift. And if we don't have this perspective of 
wow, what can happen or the sense of joy and excitement? Um, you know, what's the point? I, I think that I, I spent a lot of time going through the motion and planning for the next best, then the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that I was just not present. And, uh, you know, unfortunately I saw a lot of loss when I, I worked in a center with, with trauma and I saw people's lives change in an instant. And I had, I lost people in my life. And, and I think when you go through those kinds of things, you just realize that you never know, like mm-hmm. truly tomorrow isn't guaranteed. So why not enjoy today or now in the moment? And, um, I, I, I'm still working on this, but there's so many things that we worry about that just aren't important and that drain us or take our energy down. And so that has been very helpful for me to tr- not just try to flip into this positive, joyful space. I truly believe that joy and this space of like possibility and curiosity, like, like a child is it's, it's something in us and always has been. And if we access that on a daily basis, our lives can be so much more magical. Uh, and it can be the simplest little things that you can really enjoy and realize that there is so much joy, abundance, and possibility around us every single day. I always find if I'm down, I can look outside and see, oh my gosh, look at like nature and the trees and the water flowing. And this is amazing. Like, how did all this work and happen that those little things can really help you flip into, let's just do the best we can today. And and I always try to say, I'm just going to do the best I can today Mm. with, you know, with what I've got. And it may not be the best, most awesome day, but at least I showed up and I did the best that I could. Um, And so I try to do that with a sense of joy and, and possibility and positivity. And, you know, I do my best, but there's definitely days that that doesn't happen. And yeah. I'm really, really working on trying not to beat myself up about it. I have very high expectations <laughs> of myself. And I think a lot of us do. Yeah. Um, but what's the point in beating yourself up? Like um, if we can make each day a little bit better than the day before, then we're growing and that's perfect. And I love that. And I was really going to ask you about, um, you know, how can we get our joy back if we aren't feeling joyful in, you know, this time that we're living in before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, the challenges of 2020 and, you know, and I'm sure in in your practice, I know in my practice, I've seen a lot more um, anxiety and worry and um, feeling kind of out of control and, you know, how, how people are sort of dealing with, the challenges of, of where we are in, in, in the world generally. And I love sort of what you've spoken to that, you know, just doing a little bit better every single day and then not beating yourself, not beating yourself up. If you, if you're not feeling joyful and that's okay. Um, But what are some of the things that you can sort of, you know, speak to about getting your joy back? You mentioned there are days where you didn't feel like getting out of bed and what, what types of things did you use to kind of help kind of pull yourself along? Yeah. So, um, and I think you're speaking to just a very common, and to be honest, I had pretty bad anxiety in the beginning of all this stuff happening in the the world. And I realized it's a pattern that I've had. And so um, this is one of the most powerful things that I've learned, taught, and has helped me a lot is anxiety and excitement show up the same way physiologically in our body. Our heart starts racing. um, Our our thoughts kind of go all over the place. We start sweating. We get like all of this stuff. It's, It's signaling the 
amygdala fear. Oh my gosh, what's going on? That shows up physiologically in our body when we're anxious, but it also shows up when we're excited because we don't know what's happening. And we're like, oh my gosh, what could this be? Oh, wow. There's so much possibility. And it, it, our body physically has this response. So all we have to do is change the meaning of what these symptoms mean. So when we're feeling anxious or we're feeling overwhelmed, um, I always say, and I've done that. I'm saying this because I've done this. You put your hand on your heart. It's the strongest energy. It's the strongest chakra. It's the strongest space of our body physically that we can actually feel and connect to. And to say, okay, I'm feeling anxious because you have to be real and honest with yourself of how you're feeling. Cause if you just pretend that it's gone, um, it's going to come back and it's going to come back, like you said, louder, and it's going to just keep amping it up. So you've got to sit with that, um, take a few deep breaths and then say, so I get to choose how I respond to this. And so when I'm feeling anxious, I actually know that this is an opportunity. There's something new and exciting that I get to do now because it's an uncertain time, right? And so, so many of us are like, but, but how, but what do we do? You get to choose what happens next. And so then what it gives you is it anchors you not only in your heart, but it anchors you that, Hey, I actually do have control of this situation. So I can choose how I'm responding to this and I can one little step, one little step, one little step. So that has been so helpful to actually understand that you can make that flip in your body. You can use your breath to calm you down. And then you can say, you know, I'm actually in control when I'm feeling so out of control, I'm in control of how I respond. And then I don't Mm -hmm. have to react. And it, it gives you a little bit of anchoring and you're like, okay, I've got this. Um, but what I also do is I have what I call like a joy list. Now I used to have this written out. I don't need this anymore, but I think it's very helpful of writing down 10 things that you know will make you feel better. So a lot of the times it can be music. It can be a photo. It can be texting somebody, um, you know, a good friend. It can be, you know, a book, a favorite quote that you have, um, watching a movie or, you know, a playlist, any of those kinds of things that, you know, you look at that and it's going to bring a smile to your face. Um, so I have some songs, I have, you know, a a quote that my grandma said all the time. She's passed, but she's like my guardian angel. I can read that. It's like right up on my desk. I have, it's right here is my favorite quote from Marianne Williamson that our deepest fear is not that we are not, you know, that one it's right here on my desk. Like that stuff shows up a lot. It's right there. I can read it. I can see it. And so give yourself these little tools and you can kind of like put them throughout your house or you have a list on your phone. Some people end up putting it by their computer, but something that you can say, wait a second. I actually, again, you're in control of the situation. You can do one of these things to shift you and it it really helps. Um, but I think the first part, if you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or down or depressed is this is how I'm feeling. And you may need to sit in that for a little bit and, there may be several hours or you may need to cry. And I have cried more (laughs) last few months, but that's also cathartic and it also releases it. And so it gives, you're being honest with yourself and, or, and your partner, your loved one, or whoever you're with, like sharing that and saying, this is how I'm feeling. And I don't want to feel this way all the time. So now I'm going to be an active participant versus like, having those feelings overwhelm you and consume you. Cause it's not you, it's how you're feeling, yes. you know, it's your feelings and your emotions, but it's not you. And so don't say I am anxious. Say I'm, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling overwhelmed because you are, you're feeling that, but it's not you. So then that gives you the opportunity to shift it. 
So those are a couple of tools that I use and um, share with people and have found that can, they can be very beneficial. That's amazing. I mean, so many, so many amazing tools and techniques, even just, what was that one or two minutes? That was incredible. And I love, you know, having the cards, you know, or having those prompts up around you. Um, and I'd also heard, and I'd not heard of, you know, validating the emotions initially, you know, I am feeling this way and that's okay. Um, instead of stuffing that, that down, you know, I'm meant to be joyous all the time, but that's not necessarily true. And I, and I think it's really important to validate those feelings in the beginning. So thank you for reflecting that. Um, that's really powerful. Thank you. Um, so yeah, if any of you feel are feeling anxious out there, then please do um, use some of those tools. They sound incredibly effective. Um, and especially because you said you use them yourself, you know, you're mm -hmm. not just teaching it. These are, these are tools that you've actually used yourself. So, um, so that's one more tool that has been really helpful for me is EFT emotional freedom technique tapping, um, because it taps on the rea the meridian points. And it, it's the same way if you have to be like, I am feeling this way. And then I'm choosing to feel this way. Um, that has been really, really helpful for me. Um, and I think it's something that's very simple. I mean, you can YouTube all the videos and just follow along, but, um, I've noticed for myself personally, and for other people, like you can have a quick shift in, in your feeling, um, in a few minutes. So that's another good tool. EFT is really powerful. Um, you use it in your practice. I, I love using it in my practice as well. So yes, by all means out there, Google um, EFT and, and some of the tools that they have out there. It's um, EFT is really, really powerful. Needless acupuncture, they call it. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, really, really important. Um, now, I know that a lot of your work is helping people to realize their full potential. And, you know, you sort of say, you know, we have it all. We have it all inside already. We just need to activate it. We need to activate it. What are some ways that people could, could you know, start to activate their potential if they haven't done that already? Yes. So um, there's a lot of different ways. And I like to view, we were talking about this before. I, everything is a tool for me. Like it's this giant toolkit and it's like, wait, what do we pull out today? <laughs> um, and so you can access it with breath work. You can do simple breath work, but also like breath of fire or um, a kind of more I don't even have a name for it, but it's like holding your breath, accessing it, and then holding it more, holding it more, holding it more, and then releasing it. I mean, there's probably a name for it, but it's blanking in my head right now. Um, you can do a lot of work to activate your pineal gland. So there's a way if you cross your eyes and look up and then you can tap on your third eye, your pineal gland is your... Um, the space to kind of access your superhuman molecules and your spirit molecules and your connection to something higher than yourself, but it also accesses more and opens up more parts of your brain Amazing. with what I was saying, those neurological connections. Um, other ways to activate more of your potential are getting into flow state. So that's that space where you kind of lose all sense of space and time. And you're like, I've been working for three hours and oh my gosh, I can't believe I got so much done. Um, and that can happen with through meditate, like meditate and then work, but it also happens when we access creativity. So when we experience, so I, a way to access more of your potential is to be creative. And that may have absolutely nothing to do with what you're doing, but go, go paint, go learn a new skill, go, uh, you know, draw something, go listen to music and start singing and make up songs. Um, I'm bringing up my fiance again, but he, he will like make up songs while he's singing in the shower. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you're so creative, but you wouldn't, 
it, it, that kind of stuff helps your brain and your body to be open to ideas and creative solutions and, and different things like that. So any way that works for you to tap into creativity, meditation, um, you know, third eye kind of work. And then, uh, it also comes from a space of actually, like we were just talking about of growing your intuition and strengthening, mm-hmm. strengthening that muscle in the same way that you are doing things physically. So you can access more of your potential. If you're a person who likes to exercise and things like that, like hard, more extreme exercise. Like I am a huge fan of, of soul cycle, wherever people are in the world, like it it's music, it's movement, but it, it expands me on a physical level, but on also on an energy level. And, um, every time I leave that I come and I have ideas and, you know, connecting the dots. So if you like physical movement, use that to kind of push yourself mm. to really expand more of what's capable for your body, but it also helps to expand the mind as well. Um, and, and sometimes it is actually like you brought up earlier is we're, we're scared to do new things and fear and taking risks, um, can be a challenging part, but actually taking those risks and doing the scary thing or doing the thing that we don't want to do, uh, actually shows us number one, how strong we are. And, um, I heard this the other day that it's only failure if we don't learn or grow from something, you know? So if you do something and and it fails and it doesn't work, that doesn't mean it's failure because you can then learn and grow from that. And that's a a way to expand more of the potential that's possible for us because we're trying new things. You know, we're not going to be good at it. It's something new. We're probably going to be terrible at it actually. But if you learn from it and say, okay, cool, what can I do better next time? You're growing and you're expanding more of what's possible for you. So like I said, toolkit, that was like eight different things, but, um, you got to do the things that resonate with you. And I think that's, that's, what's so great about the the human experiences. Like what works for me might not work for you, but there can be some common threads. And, um, I think that's, what's so exciting about all this whole conversation is there's so much that's possible for us. We've just got to, we've got to give ourselves a chance, uh, and set ourselves up for, for success. And it, I think it all circles back to, you know, the title of this, this, this podcast and, and conversation is trusting those little nudges and being brave enough to, to put yourself out there and say, what if what's possible? And then you grow and you grow and you grow, and then you start to access more of the the potential that lies within you. And it all comes from that space of those little nudges. I believe that's my belief. I love that. I love that. And I think so much, so much of what you've just said resonates. And I think it's really important. Um, and when I'm working with people and even for myself to do sometimes, so, you know, do the little thing that scares you, um, scares you just a little bit, because if you do it and you get past it, you can turn around and go, well, it scared me, but I did it anyway. And then that means you can do the next thing that scares you. You can turn around and go, oh gosh, I did that too. And the more that we can do that, we can just continue to kind of push ourselves. And then before you know it, we've learned a new skill or we've done something really, you know, amazing. I never thought I could do that. We were talking about the, this podcast um, before we started recording. And I was, I, I, I think I'd been waiting 
for the time when it was going to be perfect to launch it, to do it. I said, you know, well, I've got to study this and I need to know that a little bit more. And and I said, actually, it's a little bit scary kind of doing this. And then one day I just said, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's never going to be absolutely perfect the first time around, but I'm just going to do it. And yeah, I'm still learning, but I'm also really enjoying myself and having wonderful conversations with people. And I'm learning something new each time I do it. And I think it's really important to to kind of say that we don't have to be perfect. You know, we just, I think we just have to be in constant movement and be willing to kind of go, oh, do you know what? That wasn't a mistake. I'm just going to learn from that and keep going. Mm -hmm. So important. Um, So with a little bit of the time that we have left, um, what are some ways that people can work with you? I mean, you know, one of of the amazing ways that people can work with you. Uh, Yeah. So I do a lot of different things. Um, I have some courses and workshops and programs online, and that's all on my website, which is drkatiehenry.com. I work with people individually, um, like one-on-one coaching. And I work with a lot of people who are in the healing space, healthcare providers, healers, and coaches, um, because my big passion is helping those who are in service to others to like reach and access more of what's possible for them. So I work with people in kind of a fusion of a lot of the stuff we talked about from your mindset, your energy, your own well-being, but also like your business and, and what you're doing and what's possible. So it's really helping people step into more of the potential that's within them. Um, and then I, I partner with a couple of different um, products and things like that, that are all in that space of helping you access more of, of your potential. So that's really my theme and realm, but it's from this fusion, everything we are talking about, this fusion of science and spirituality. So honestly, if anything I'm saying like resonates and reach out and I'm happy to have a conversation and connect with people. Um, and one of the things that I've learned in you know my years of being an entrepreneur is I don't know everything and I don't know all the answers and solutions. And I'm so grateful to actually be very connected with people. And like, I mean, yeah, that's how we we've been interconnected and it's like, Hey, but how can I share with this? And (laughs) so, you know, if, if I can share something that maybe I can't help with, I'm sure I can connect you with somebody who can. And I think that's, what's beautiful about this whole space is, um, I'm grateful to be connected with people that are truly in service. And um, that's what it's about for me is how can I help someone? And that may not be for me, but, you know, hopefully I can lead you on the right path. That's awesome. That is awesome. And so um, you've mentioned your website, www.drkatie.com, right? Yeah, drkatiehenry.com. Drkatiehenry.com. Okay. Um, And then uh, what about your Instagram or Facebook? Can people find you there as well? Yes, it's Dr. Katie Henry. So D-R-K-A-T-I-E-H-E-N-R-Y is my Facebook page, um, my Instagram handle, and you my YouTube is actually Dr. Katie Henry. I, I'm going into the YouTube world next. <laughs> you gotta take it in chunks. <laughs> That's so, it. You can't do everything uh, at once, right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so please, if you know, if you want to know more about Dr. Katie Henry, please. Um, you know, find her, look her up, Instagram, Facebook, um, her website page. I know that Katie has numerous programs and, you know, videos and content out there. Um, And she's such a wealth of knowledge. So please do, please do go and find her. And Katie, before we go, so we're talking about the nudge and this is the nudge, right? Um, If your nudge had a voice and it could leave listeners with one or two or three words that it would want them to know, um, what would that be? What would they be? Mm, joy, 
trust, and potentiality. Love it. Excellent. Joy, trust, and potentiality. Absolutely perfect. Dr. Katie Henry, thank you so much for joining me today. I knew it was going to be awesome, and it absolutely was. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. Joy, trust, and potentiality. If you do things for the joy of them and trust that it is your soul speaking, you can open the door to the infinite potential inside of you. Thank you so much, Dr. Katie Henry. I told you this was going to be a special podcast and she did not disappoint. So many of us shut the door to the very thing we came to this earth to accomplish because we are blocked by fear. Now I understand that that fear can be multi-layered, but let's boil it down to its simplest components and look at it as two sides of the same coin. Fear of failure, and yes, in some instances, fear of success. What I love about Katie is her ability to move through fear on any level and reach for that potential inside of her. She not only has that ability to do that for herself, but she's made it her life's mission to do it for others. So if you took a moment, just a moment to breathe and allow yourself to admit what that thing is for you, your mission, how does that make you feel? Anxious? Excited? Well, listening to Katie, we can see that perhaps you're mistaking one for the other and your soul is excited and yearning to be free. What if you said yes to you, your heart, your soul, your body, your joy? What if you gave yourself permission to create without judgment and explore without fear? What would happen? What would happen if you changed the word failure to lesson or opportunity? Would you go for it then? If you knew you couldn't fail, that you would always win, you would always fly if you chose to jump and spread your wings. It's in you. All you need to do is to follow your nudge and enjoy the journey. So thank you for joining us today. And I invite you to join me next week with another special guest as we continue to engage with that universal force always working on our behalf. And if you're ready to follow your nudge, but you're feeling a little bit stuck, go to my website, www.kiaeileen.com or my Instagram page, kiaeileen underscore soul clarity or my Facebook page at Kia Eileen. This podcast can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast. So please subscribe and remember to follow The Nudge because you never know where it may lead.